On this episode of This Is Game Boy Light, I couldn't come up with a good tagline to start the episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode of This Is Game Boy Light, the little in-between episodes where one of the two hosts, in this case me, Mule, uh, does a little solo episode about some random subject that is related to Game Boy of course, or maybe not even at all. Uh, <laughs> Just looking back at the at the episodes, the light episodes where me and Baltic just talked a little bit about ourselves, so you know who is actually uh, speaking to you or who you're listening to. But yeah, this time um, it's gonna be a little bit different as a normal light as well. So I'm not really gonna be talking about um, like a company or like. Uh, like a series of games or something like that. We're actually gonna be talking about games that should have been on Game Boy, but actually never got a release. And I'm not talking about projects that uh, were announced to be released on Game Boy. It's just like a list that I compiled of games that I feel like they should have been on Game Boy. Um, and also I asked our listeners to suggest a few ones that they would uh, think would be nice to have had on Game Boy. So we'll be going over those as well. Before I dive into that, however, um, let's uh, talk a little bit about what I have been up to. So, um, like always, we talk a little bit about uh, what we have been doing besides recording this podcast. So I've been, uh, I've been playing some games, um, not really much Game Boy. Um, we mentioned a few times already we're doing so much Game Boy stuff in the background that it's kind of nice to take a break from those games and just play something um, yeah that is not Game Boy related at all. I did however beat Toxic Crusaders because that is actually gonna be uh, one of the future episodes so I had to play that. Uh, not that it was a bothering thing or anything uh, but yeah I wasn't really planning on uh, I'm playing some Game Boy, but yeah, that one snuck in there, and I have also been playing Game and Watch Gallery, which um, yeah, that's a, that's a hoot. That's that's definitely a hoot. I will be talking about that one more whenever I um, quote unquote finished it. Um, besides that, I did buy two new games. Can you imagine that? New games. Um, I went out and got Yoshi's Crafted World for Nintendo Switch. A delightful, delightful breaking game. Um, it's so much fun. It's so casual. It's so easy. You can just completely relax while playing that game. Nothing is too hard about it. Um, what can I say, however, is that um, because you have to revisit the same level over and over and over again just to uh, collect everything. And if you know me, I like to do everything that there is to do in a game. Um, it does get a little bit boring to just visit, visit the same stage over and over again and it feels like you're also not making real progress towards the end of the game um if if you want to know what you have to do in that game there are like five 
sun crystals I believe you have to collect and I've been playing this game for like what eight hours or something and I still only have collected the first one just because I keep trying to complete all the levels so I haven't seen that many levels yet but they're all very creative and it's very cute uh, and yeah I would definitely recommend that game if, if you just want to have a chill time um, I also picked up Devil May Cry 5 I've only checked that out for like half an hour I wanted to see how it looked like but I will probably be going through the entire series at one point during my afraid train streams um, so yeah I just checked it out to see what it was it looks amazing at least, um, it has one of those problems that I feel like every new uh, entry in a series has that they always try to add so many mechanics that in the end you, you are not really sure anymore what you should be using or could be using. Um, like in, in the original for instance, um, it's just you have your sword and you have your, uh, you have your guns and you have to do combos with those. Uh, you do get like two other weapons, I believe, but yeah, that's it. But in this one, it's like you have a gun arm and you have these things and those things. And I'm already confused from the start. Um, I'm sure if I play it more, of course, because I've only played it like half an hour, it will become more natural. But I always feel like it's nice to innovate your fighting mechanics for sure, but you don't have to put all that crap into it to make it interesting in my opinion like it, it could just stick to the basics really um i'm gonna like hint towards like the mario series the 3d series not much has changed since mario 64 up until um odyssey you still basically use the same things and sometimes there's a power-up of course that uh, changes the way you play but it's it's less forced on you than in some of those uh, action type hack and slash games that just get crazy crazy stuff put into them to to be able to play them uh, same goes for kingdom hearts 3 i think i've talked about that before like um thanks for all those nice additions that are basically cutscenes where you have to press a button sometimes but they were completely unnecessary to actually play the game uh but yeah that's uh, devil may cry 5 can't say much more of it because i have no idea what's going on in that game so um besides that i finished resident evil 4 hd playstation 4 version uh, I played through the campaign on normal mode and I played through separate ways, which is the Ada campaign. Um, in order to complete the game, I still have to get through professional mode. Uh, I'll do that whenever I <clears throat> feel like it, because uh, I've played enough Resident Evil 4 for a while now, so I'll definitely get back to that whenever I have the chance. Um, this month on PS Plus, so maybe when you listen to this it's already gone, um, there was a game called What Remains of Edith Finch, uh, Baltic had recommended that game to me a few times before and now that I could have gotten it for free, quote unquote, um, I got it, I played it and it was a pleasant two and a half hour experience, um, I wouldn't call it a game really uh, it's more something that i call <laughs> yeah an, an interactive story um yeah what i usually refer to is a little game called to the moon is it to the moon i think it's to the moon well even if it isn't, I think it's to the moon. Um, which, which is also like a very story-driven story game. It doesn't have a lot of gameplay mechanics, but it's just 
a fun world to be in and a fun story to follow. So if you have like a, an afternoon in the weekend off or something, I, I would definitely recommend uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. I would not pay too much for it though, like $3 maximum maybe. Like I got it for quote unquote free with PS Plus, but yeah, it, it doesn't have enough to... Uh, to have a big price tag on it. I don't know what the price is of it. Like, you can find it on Steam and PlayStation and, and Xbox, probably. Uh, but yeah, fun fun little thing. Cool story. Uh, it intrigued me. Um, yeah, check check it out. Um, and lastly, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII for the 700th time, probably. Um, with the recent news of the remake coming out, it, it got my interest picked again to pick back up the original actually um, I'm actually not that excited for a remake at all um, I don't have any hopes for it um, I don't have any expectations for it like it's gonna come out at the end of this year um, I'll talk about it then because I'm definitely gonna get it I'm gonna check it out but like I have some concerns that it's yeah, that, that some of the humor of the original Final Fantasy 7 wouldn't translate well into like this uh, yeah, in this remake, so, um, yeah, I, I'm not uh, getting my hopes up or anything that it's going to be amazing. It's probably going to be a good game, but I think I'll always uh, prefer the original over it. So, I've been playing that, I'm almost at the end of quote-unquote disc one, because I'm playing the PS4 version, uh, which is amazing, because you can uh, triple the speed in that one, so you can go through fights a lot faster, and... After having played that game so many times, it's it's uh, it's a nice addition for me to just uh, get along with that game and not spend like 60 hours on it, but only 30 in the end or something. So yeah, that's uh, that's literally all that I've been doing. Um, not much work has been going on for me in the background for now. Um, we are getting closer and closer, of course, to releasing a new uh, GB Runners website, but that will still be a few... Uh, months for sure um, besides that tomorrow for me at least uh, tiny 10 9 is gonna happen so um yeah we we have been working towards uh, that so that's gonna be fun um so yeah if, if you've seen tiny 10 9 hope you liked it tiny 10 9 uh tiny 10 10 I'm sorry, uh, is definitely in the works already, probably more than halfway done actually at this point. So that will be something that will happen in November usually. Anyways, that's it for this intro part. Let's dive into, uh, well, the first part, I guess. Well, maybe I can put it in one part. I don't know. We'll see how much I talk about each game. Uh, but let's dive into uh, a small list of games that I feel that should have been on Game Boy, but were never made. Be right back. Welcome back everybody, hope you enjoyed that little break song, which uh, was from, if Lex follows my notes at least, was from uh, Game & Watch Gallery, 
like I said, I have been playing that, so um, the, the music in that game is pretty enjoyable. So, um, yeah, so diving into games that should have been on Game Boy, and I'm gonna start with uh, one that I've been thinking about all my life, because I never understood why this was not released on Game Boy, um, and maybe a lot of people will have guessed which one this is gonna be already because I talk about it quite often. Uh, but yeah, I'm talking about Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Um, who everybody knows from the NES, of course. Um, they had both two games, actually. Uh, Chip and Dale 1 and 2. Um, but yeah, I'm talking about the, the first one, mostly. Uh, the second one isn't that popular. But the first one definitely is. And yeah, this is probably one of my favorite games on NES, like Mega Man 3 is just my favorite game of all time, uh, but Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers is, yeah, probably top three as well. So, um, yeah, we didn't get this game on Game Boy, which is uh, kind of weird because all the other Disney Capcom games did get a, uh, a Game Boy port. So we had DuckTales 1 and 2, we had Darkwing Duck, we had Tailspin, and we had Roger Rabbit, which wasn't even a port, but like a completely different game, um, a better game even than the NES version. So uh, they were making all of these for Game Boy at least, so we, we definitely know that. But there was no Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. What we did get, however, and yes, this is also made by Capcom, uh, we did get Mickey's Dangerous Chase. Which basically is Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, if you look at it. So it has the same mechanics. Um, you have two characters you can pick. You have uh, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse in this case. You pick up boxes to throw at enemies. You can pick up stars to... Uh, to get bonus lives, so something that's also in, in uh, Rescue Rangers. Um, the enemies, like, I, I took a real close look at the game. The enemies in the game, um, when you come across them, in the first stage you have bulldogs, like just animals, uh, like... I was gonna say human bulldogs, but that doesn't make any sense. No, but like actually live bulldogs. Uh, in the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, you have the mechanical bulldogs. Um, you also have a lot of those weasel type of enemies in Mickey's Dangerous Chase. Same enemies as in Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. So I'm not sure why, but I do believe this was supposed to be Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. But for some reason, they just went with Mickey for this game. Um, I have looked up, have, well, I've tried looking up more information about this to see maybe, look, was there some kind of licensing issue or was Mickey just way more popular than, than uh, the Rescue Rangers or something like that. So you have to change it halfway during making the game. Um, I'm not sure. I cannot find anything about it. But yeah, to me, it feels like this should have been a Chip and Dale game. And maybe they were even trying to do that. But for some reason, they had to change it to Mickey. Um, sadly, Mickey's Dangerous Chase isn't mechanically that good. Um, as Well, mechanically, it's the same. But it doesn't um, feel 
as polished as Chip and Dale was. Um, when you look at Chip and Dale, all the uh, stages are pretty iconic. They are not to say that original like it's a street level um it's it's uh it's a casino level um the bosses do not make any sense at all when you look at them um like some may have shown up in in the cartoon like the actual cats and, and fat cat and casino cat and those things but like the alien spaceship or that big robot. I don't remember if they were in the show or not, but they always feel like out of place um, compared to the stages they're in. But yeah, for Chip and Dale, it kind of made sense, I guess. Like they go into like sewer pipes and then they go into like a kitchen and, and things like that. It all makes sense. Sadly for Mickey's Dangerous Chase, all the levels are extremely, extremely bland. So... You just have a town level, you have a forest level, you have a factory level, and, and that's basically it. Um, so maybe they couldn't come up with some good ideas to, uh, to portray levels that would be more significant to Chip and Dale, and that's why they changed it. That's also a possibility. Um, but... I think they would have been able to replicate things like a kitchen uh, on Game Boy for sure. Because um, if you look at the game Mr. Nuts Made by Ocean, there is a part of the game where you shrink down after you have fought a witch. Uh, and then you're also in a house and you're very tiny and you have to jump over cupboards and, and swim in sinks and things like that. So I think limitation-wise they definitely could have done it. Uh, maybe they just didn't have enough time to make the game the way they wanted to, and that's why, I, like, the gameplay feels a little bit off compared to Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Um, but yeah, it, for me, I think they just, at one point during development, changed it to Mickey, um, while they were clearly wanted to make an actual port of, or original game of, uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers and that makes me sad because yeah it's one of my favorite games so I would have loved to have that on Game Boy maybe a little like uh, slower gameplay wise than the NES version because the NES version is, is a very smooth game um, it's it's actually amazing you should watch the speed runs of it it's yeah it's crazy like I can play it fast but uh the, the speedrunners can play it even four minutes or, or or more faster than me. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great game. But, yeah, sadly, it's not on Game Boy and it will never be on Game Boy. Moving on to the second game. And this, is, this might be one that surprises many people if you know what I play usually. Um, but uh, the second game I thought of that should have been on Game Boy is actually Punch-Out!! Um, I'm not a huge fan of the series. Um, I never grew up with the NES games, like not Mike Tyson's or the normal Punch-Out or the Super Nintendo one for that matter. The only one I've actually ever played was the Wii one, which is great. I like it, but I'm also not very good at it, so uh, <laughs> I can't really get very far in it. Uh, but yeah, this would have been a game that would have been perfect for Game Boy because um, actually we do have a game on Game Boy that uh, very much resembles Punch-Out, um, which is called George Foreman's KO Boxing. 
Um, a game that not only came out on Game Boy, it also came out on Super Nintendo and Genesis and, and things like that. So it's it's not an original for a Game Boy or anything. But mechanic-wise, um, it is exactly the same as Punch-Out would be. Um, you have the same view as in Punch-Out, like you, you're behind your fighter and there's an opponent in front of you. You can dodge to the left and to the right, you can punch, you can block, and that's pretty much it. So, why am I not happy that we got that game and not Punch-Out? Well, because George Foreman's KO Boxing is a terrible, terrible game. Um, I've been trying to beat it for quite some time. I don't know how it is on other uh, consoles, but on Game Boy, it's pretty much an impossible game. Um, Punch-Out is well known for uh, being able to read opponents after a while, uh, finding out their patterns and countering that. George Foreman's KO Boxing has none of that. So you're just going to get beat up uh, without being able to dodge. There are patterns, but they're completely all over the place. Um, nothing that you do against your opponent seems to be working at all. Um, at least not after the first fight. Um, you have three lives in this game. Um, and that's it. There's no passwords. There's, uh, there's no continues. Nothing. You have three lives. If you get beaten three times, it is over. Um... I think I've read that there are 10 opponents in total. I've been able to get to the third one. So that's already quite an achievement because it literally happened because I was just uh, pressing buttons, not even thinking about it. So I got to the third guy, was unable to even hit him a single time probably, um, got destroyed. And then you would think, oh, well, I have two more lives so I can try again. Nope. Whenever you get beaten by an opponent, you get sent back to the previous opponent. So you have to do that fight all over again as well. It is absolutely horrible. Um, this game could have worked if it indeed had good mechanics like Punch-Out had. So um, yeah, it would have been really nice if, uh, if Nintendo actually made a Punch-Out for Game Boy that worked properly so that people could enjoy it. And the mechanics were possible. Um, because, well, George Foreman's KO Boxing is a thing, uh, but it's just a terrible game. But it could have worked, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of dumb that they didn't make it at all. Moving on to the third game I came up with. Um, this, <laughs> this one might surprise a lot of people as well. Um, the third game I, uh, I, I think of, which should have been on Game Boy, is... A Trip World sequel or a spiritual successor to Trip World? Um, maybe we've talked about it on the episodes, I'm not sure. Uh, Trip World is one of the most uh, mechanically wise amazing games, graphics wise amazing games, um, music wise amazing games, because it was made by Sunsoft, so they knew what they were doing. Sadly, there is not much of a game. Um, you can pretty much get through the entire game in 15 minutes without 
ever getting hurt, except for on quote-unquote boss fights. Um, I joke about it all the time, saying that uh, this is not a game, this is a this is just a really good tech demo. Um, it's a joke that I will forever say, because, well, it, it is true, it is just a tech demo, just believe me, just... Just take my word on it. But yeah, it's, they had the potential to make a very, very, very cool game, um, which they didn't in the end. Um, they made a very good tech demo. Um, so it would have been nice to see them do something with at least that engine that they created for this game. Um, a successor, like it, it, it didn't even have to be Trip World 2 or anything like that. It would have been nice because like, uh, what's his name? Yokupo? Yokupu? Yoku? Whatever. The, the, <laughs> the protagonist of Trip World is a very cute character and, and it looks like it, they could have made a really cool world build around it. Um, which they kind of did in Trip World. Like, all the areas seem interesting and you're always like, mm, what's what's the deal here? What's, what's going on here? Uh, but you never find out, really. You're just... Yeah kicking the living hell out of everybody, basically. Um, and yeah, it, it would have been nice if they would have done something more with that eventually. Uh, Trip World did come out quite late, of course, in the Game Boy life cycle, so that probably makes sense that they never did anything with it. But uh, yeah, it would have been nice if they would have made a longer game based on that engine or based on that IP. Um, not only on Game Boy, but maybe even on another system, like um, Trip World was the only one of its kind and, and we never saw it again. Um, sometimes I would compare it to Gimmick on NES. It's it's kind of like a similar setup, but mechanical-wise it's different. But um, yeah, it's, it's just sad that the thing that had probably the most potential on Game Boy never really got a decent uh, game or release so um yeah that it would have been cool if if they had done something with that all right moving on to the fourth game before uh taking a little break in between um yeah this is um this is hard to to just tie into one game maybe, but I'm just gonna take this one as an example. Uh, what would have been cool is if we actually got a Final Fantasy game on Game Boy. Um, everybody is gonna scream at me now. Uh, we had four Final Fantasy games on Game Boy. You are wrong. You are wrong. Listen to me. Um, so we got Final Fantasy uh, Mystic. Quest, no, that's the Super Nintendo version. Uh, Final Fantasy Adventure, also called Mystic Quest in Europe. Um, so that is not a Final Fantasy game at all. It's actually a second Densetsu game, the very first one, also known as, well, sec the second one known as Secret of Mana, of course, on Super Nintendo. So that's an action RPG. It's an amazing game. Go play it if you haven't before, because, uh, yeah, it's it's... Definitely one of the best games on Game Boy for sure. But yeah, that wasn't a Final Fantasy game. We also got Final Fantasy Legends 1, 2, and 3. Which are also not Final Fantasy games. They are actually part of the Saga RPG series. And they work completely different than any Final Fantasy game you would have ever played before. Um, I am not a big fan of Saga. 
at all. I I'm I do love RPGs, but this one just can't uh, can't keep me interested for long. Um, I know a lot of people do love the series, but um, I'm kind of sad that I only got those, which I don't enjoy, and not like a very traditional Final Fantasy in the style of one through six, I would say, um, a little bit more traditional. And and speaking of that, um, we also didn't get like a Dragon Warrior game or a Dragon Quest game, if you want to call it that, or or any other type of RPG that closely resembles a very traditional playstyle, like um, even Earthbound would have worked, because Earthbound is basically uh dragon warrior as well but but like a little bit crazier of course so we never at least in europe and, and the us got like a very decent normal rpg uh jrpg in that case um there have been quite a few of course that only got a japanese release um sadly not all of them have been translated and most of those are also actually kind of not very traditional. So most of them are like uh, dungeon crawling types of RPGs and things like that, or even strategy RPGs. So yeah, I feel like there there was a lack of, of uh, producing a normal type of JRPG on the Game Boy system. But we talked about that before, that's uh, during our Night Quest episode that before Pokemon, sadly, those types of games were not popular at all. Uh, or they thought they would not have been popular at all. So it makes sense that they didn't. Um, but it's also weird that they actually tried it with Saga, which was a, quite a deviation from the traditional RPG. And yeah, it worked for a lot of people. But for me, sadly, it didn't. Um, I'm not looking forward to playing those games on, on portable pleasure at all, actually. Um, not that I hate them, but I, I just don't have that much fun with it as as any other normal, what I call normal RPG. So, yeah, and actually one of those would have been uh, would have been great to have. Um, they could have done a port of Final Fantasy One, maybe, um, which of course is definitely not the greatest one. I would rather play a Dragon Warrior one then. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, that's kind of sad that that I never had a chance to to actually play a Final Fantasy game on my Game Boy. Anyways, those are uh, the first four games. Uh, I got three more coming up after the break. Enjoy this music, which you may have never heard before, unless you had this version of the Tetris game. Enjoy. And here we are again with more games that should have been on Game Boy. Now, I'll be talking about one that's probably not gonna be a surprise at all. We should have gotten Solar Striker 2 on Game Boy. Uh, me and Beltic have talked many, many times about this game. Hey, our pilot episode was about Solar Striker. But it was such a fun little shmup. Uh, one of the only shmups that ever got made in-house by Nintendo. And they sadly never did anything with it. Um, 
Because, yeah, it is a short game, of course, Solar Striker. So it would have been nice if they would have taken that idea, that very, very simple shoot 'em up idea, and, like, made a little series of it. Or at least on Game Boy, because, to be fair, Solar Striker is one of the smoothest playing uh, shoot 'em ups on Game Boy. Um, mostly because it's so, so low-key. Um, like, it, it doesn't have the best graphics or anything um and it doesn't have the most big enemies or anything like that but yeah it would have been nice if they'd done something more with that ip um i think we talked about this during a solar striker episode that some fan tried making another one but uh, we couldn't get it to play um, I still want to check that out. But yeah, I think maybe if somebody is interested in, in picking up that IP that they uh, might have been able, might be able, not might have been able, might be able to, to actually make a really cool um, homebrew game on Game Boy uh, in the style of Solar Striker 2. That would be cool to see. Um, but yeah, it's kind of sad that um, Besides the original release, which was basically very close to the release of the Game Boy itself, they never did anything else with that. So, yeah. Missed opportunity for sure, Nintendo. The next one I want to talk about is um, Double Dragon 2. And you're gonna say to me, but Mula, we have Double Dragon 2 on Game Boy. Again, you are actually kind of wrong. Uh, we do have a game called Double Dragon 2 on Game Boy, but it's not Double Dragon 2 at all. It's actually a port of another uh, beat-em-up called Renegade. Um, and why do I want Double Dragon 2 on Game Boy? Well, because um, Double Dragon 2 to Revenge on NES is probably my favorite beat-em-up game. Um, at least... From that era, like there are a lot better ones in the arcade and, and things like that, of course. Uh, but I absolutely love Double Dragon 2 Renegade. Uh, uh, Double Dragon 2 to Revenge, my apologies. Um, Renegade on Game Boy, or Double Dragon 2 as it's called, is definitely not a bad game. I do enjoy that game. Uh, I have nothing against it. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fan of... Uh, well, like you, like you may have noticed, of renaming things to a popular series and not being that game at all. Um, Double Dragon 2 could have definitely worked on Game Boy because the port of the original one worked as well. Um, it's a lot tougher than the NES version for sure. But um, yeah, besides that, it, it would have been perfect actually to to have been put on Game Boy. Maybe a little shorter like usual. Um, I think they shortened it uh, for the first game as well. But besides that, all the mechanics were already made for the game. So why not just uh, go with it and, and release the actual one? It is kind of weird because uh, in my mind, Double Dragon 2 on NES was always the most popular one. Um, so I'm not sure why they switched it around for Game Boy. Um, I, again, I couldn't find any information about it. So, uh, it's, it's so hard with Game Boy to find any information about it. And it's not like we know any, uh, people who actually worked on these games. So I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't call them up very quickly to ask, yo, why, uh, why is that Renegade and not Double Dragon 2? So, um... 
So yeah, it's it's kind of weird when they make choices like this. So um, I still want that game on Game Boy. Just somebody make it, please, for me. Just for me. <laughs> nah, nobody's gonna do that. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the seventh game or the sixth game. Yeah, the sixth game I could have come up with myself. And um, going further from that beat 'em up genre is uh, my final one, um, and that one is River City Ransom. Um, for people who don't know River City Ransom, it's uh, one of those Kunio games. And for people who don't know what Kunio games is, I have no idea how to explain this. But uh, it, it, it just has those characters that are in a lot of games. And in, Jap in Japan, they are actually called Kunio games. Um, for Game Boy, there has only been two of them, I believe. Or maybe three... Uh, there might be another Japanese one that I'm forgetting, but uh, we definitely had um, we had Nintendo World Cup, the, the soccer game, uh, which works with the Kunio characters. Um, it has those, yeah, how do you call them? Like scrawny, blocky, rectangular guys, um, and you can you can fight each other during the football. <laughs> Uh, so those kinds of games we also got the one where they do some uh, all of those sports games where you have to jump over hurdles and, and, and throw frisbees and things like that so we got those games so they definitely work on Game Boy so those characters definitely um, can be portrayed on Game Boy so it's kind of weird that they didn't put River uh, River City Ransom on Game Boy um, but yeah that game is basically an RPG beat em up so you can it's an open world RPG beat em up yeah that sounds weird but yeah you can go into shops you can buy items you can uh, level up your character and um, it's all because you have to save your girlfriend I think um, it's basically a parody of Double Dragon you can call it that um, and it would have worked perfectly fine on Game Boy because um, yeah like I said in Nintendo World Cup you can use those sprites to uh, to fight basically so that would have been a wouldn't have been a problem at all. Um, the RPG mechanic is also something that would have worked perfectly because there actually is a quote-unquote beat-em-up on Game Boy. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this series correctly. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, it has four games on Game Boy. One of them is basically uh, an open world RPG beat em up as well, where you level up. Um, I don't think you can buy items in that one, but um, you can definitely level up by fighting enemies. And um, there's an overworld map which you can uh, traverse through to get from stage to stage. Um, so it, it would definitely have worked for a Game Boy game. And um, yeah, maybe somebody can again make something like this. Um, would be cool. Um, so, yeah, if I'm giving some people ideas to make Game Boy games, uh, pick anything that I've said before and, uh, and try to make it. It would be cool to see homebrew games like that. Uh, anyways, that is my entire list of games I could have come up with. Um, I'm sure there's more that I can think of in the future. And 
but uh, at this point those are the only ones that I uh, feel like definitely should have had an entry on Game Boy. Uh, we're gonna take another quick break and then we're gonna go over the suggestions by the audience really quickly and a little addendum because uh, I had a I had an actual question uh, for the listeners and I got some some cool answers for that so i'm gonna try to explain those as best as i can because i'm not very technical uh but yeah after this little break song we'll dive into those Welcome back to the final part of this episode. I'm gonna dive into some game suggest well, not suggestions, um, just games that the listeners thought that would have been cool on Game Boy. Um, first one comes from Toucan Sam, um, and it's called Robotron. 2084 and I had to look this up because I had never heard of this game before um, but it's an what I can tell it's a twin stick arcade shooter um, kind of like uh, oh sh- uh, what are those games called again now I can't uh, come up with a name um, something with TV uh, you know come on the, the, the TV thing with the, with the shooting and, and the progressing and the getting the treasure and uh, the thingies. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's, it looks like that, but then like in very early arcade uh, game thingy. Um, and you can apparently get some, some uh, items for your score and you're just shooting things and then you go to the next stage. I might actually have seen this on uh, on like AVGN or something or James and Mike's Mondays or yeah. It looks familiar but I've never played it before. Um this kind of could have worked on Game Boy but seeing how many sprites there are on the screen, uh it might have cost some uh some slowdown. It does remind me of that other arcade game that got ported to Game Boy that I played recently that Kind of resembles this. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like you have to collect crystals and shoot some uh, some things and then you move on to the next stage. It kind of looks like that. So yeah, maybe it could have worked with some very small sprites and things like that. Um, they did port a lot of arcade games to Game Boy, like Centipede and Millipede and, and Joust and things like that. So this could have definitely been one. Maybe it just wasn't that popular um, over the other ones and that's why they didn't. Um, the next game is Ghost Lion, uh, Pianist Man uh, set that game. Um, Ghost Lion, I knew the name, but I had to look it up as well. But it looks like a dragon warrior kind of game. So um, in line of what I said about uh, the Final Fantasy games and the dragon warrior games. Um, yeah, this could have been a game that would have been... Uh, Perfectly fine for Game Boy. It would have been a great RPG. I don't know if Ghost Lion is regarded to be a very good one. Um, don't Definitely do not uh, quote me on that one. Because I knew the name, but I n- never knew what the game actually was. 
Um, so, um, yeah, this, this looks like a fine entry. It, it kind of resembles, um, uh, what's it called? Not Night Quest, but the other one. Um, there's two of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting confused now. But yeah, it, it looks like other games that are on Game Boy. So I think that that would have been a good entry as well. Um, our producer, Alex, came up with uh, Star Tropics. I love Star Tropics. That's an amazing game for sure. Um, Overworld-wise, it definitely would have worked on Game Boy. Um, now that I think of it. And yeah, I guess the... the um, the big sprite mode, I guess I could call it. Um, the dungeon modes. Yeah, I could see it because it's usually just like very tiny rooms anyways with not that much in it. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like this definitely could have been a good game on Game Boy. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what else to say about that because yeah, I love that game and the sequel as well. Uh, yeah. That could have been cool. I'm, I'm just trying to think what would be the limitations that it wouldn't work, but I can't really come up with anything right now. So, so yeah, that's that's definitely a good pick. Um, and my co-host, uh, Baltic here, said Bucky O'Hare. Um, I recently saw Bucky O'Hare, because that's an, another game I have never played myself, actually. I should probably check that game out. It looks really fun. Um maybe it wouldn't have worked because it's also like a very fast-paced game um you move rather quickly and and it's definitely based on um quick reaction times and things like that there's like a lot of rooms that require you to to jump around like an idiot actually to just make it through it um Kind of like the, the sections in the Quick Man stage for Mega Man where, where you have to dodge the lasers. Um, I think there's a few of those in Bucky O'Hare as well. So maybe in that regard it wouldn't have worked that well. Um, but being just a hard platforming game, I think it may have worked. Um, it also is visually very, very... Yeah, how would I say... Um, over the top, I would say, actually, Bucky O'Hare. Um, there's a lot of things that really pop out, but um, it does remind me a lot, and it's made by the same company, by the way, Konami. Um, it reminds me a lot of Kid Dracula, and Kid Dracula also worked on Game Boy. So maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, this might have been a cool thing uh, to have on Game Boy as well. So yeah, those were the games that got suggested. There were another 20 suggestions that were just jokes, like Crisis 2 on Game Boy and things like that. I'm not going to go over those because they're not serious at all. Uh, but yeah, I did have a question uh, for, for the community, kind of uh, for the Game Boy community, for at least the technical people of the community. Because... Um, I started the list with uh, Chip and Dale, or the not existing Chip and Dale, but the closely resembling Chip and Dale, Mickey's Dangerous Chase. So I was uh, I, I asked a question to people who make like randomizers or make their own games, like the homebrew games, tying back into our uh, like homebrew episode and things like that. Like 
how much of a hassle would it be to like remake a game basically and i was um i took chip and dale as well mickey's dangerous chase as an example um would it be super hard to just um swap out the sprites with new ones so that they are chip and dale or make some very small improvements like make the game run a little faster um and things like that because there is the castlevania the adventure hack i've talked about uh in the past that that uh, improved the graphics and and changed some of the mechanics and greatly increased the game speed so would it be really hard to actually do that or is it even possible to um, get hold of the engine used for a game and just make your own game out of it. What what would uh, what would that actually take? So um, I I had a few answers for that. I also asked the question out of the mindset of uh, when Tremaine was doing his Mega Man Doctor Wily's revenge hack. Um, I might post a link into the into the the, the thingy. Uh, for you to play that game because it's really cool i have kind of worked with him uh, on it so i saw back then that there were a lot of limitations to what you can do like you can just swap tiles around and things like that you can put in enemies in some parts um but you have to take out something else like you, you cannot change the values too much because otherwise the game wouldn't work so um I had a few answers from uh, from a few people, so I'm just gonna go over them. Um, for people who have been following Super Mario Land 2, there is actually a DX version of that, which adds color and adds Luigi and things like that. So <clears throat> that Infinitum set, like for that to work, we actually had to expand the the Game Boy game, the ROM itself, and made it into a Game Boy Color game because otherwise it's it's couldn't have worked so that's already a big process um bangera says um changing the sprites themselves shouldn't be too difficult but you do have to respect the limitations of the original sprites uh, the size and the animation frames and things like that makes complete sense like you can just throw in a very big sprite over a very small sprite because that wouldn't work um so yeah sw basically swapping out that could work for Mickey's Dangerous Chase. We could have just made Minnie and Mickey look like Chip or Dale. So that, that could work at least. Um, so um, Constance, for this this comes from Freeball who makes his own uh, games. I talked about him in the homebrew episode. Um, you may be able to adjust some Constance uh, if you can find them. I don't know how that works by the way. Uh, um, but changing functionality itself is very difficult to do. So uh, Bangera comes back to that, like you can change things like HP and, and the damage output and the walking speed. Um, HP might be difficult because there's usually a visual reference for that. So like um, I'm going to take Legend of Zelda, for example, I guess if, if you have too many heart maybe that would work though i don't know <laughs> i'm not a technical guy as you can clearly hear um but yeah uh that infinity comes back in with like uh, he makes the super mario land 2 randomizer um so most of that randomizer is just switching bytes around and fixing the checksum i have no idea what that means 
Um, so power-ups, sprites, level locations, and boss locations, you can easily change them because you just have to uh, swap the bytes around. Um, but other things um, like changing how the gambling works, the gambling uh, in the in the, the bonus zone in Super Mario Land 2 with the coins and things like that. You actually have to do patches um, with assembly code to actually make that work. Um, so yeah, swapping things and changing constants is very easy to do. Um, but anything like even new graphics, um, so not just swapping, but actually newer graphics, um, they require writing new assembly lines assembly line it is lines in a yeah whatever i don't mean an assembly line where you put something together but it's basically the same principle um and injecting the resulting bytes so yeah some things are very easy to do apparently but other things might uh, take a lot of effort anyways that is basically it for this episode um went on a little longer than i expected because um, I apparently had a lot of things to say, so that's cool. Uh, so yeah, if you have any thoughts or suggestions, you can always find us through our Discord, um, through our email address, through our Twitter, Twitch, whatever else we have available for you to contact us on. If you have any suggestions for games that should have been on Game By Yourself, please let me know. Maybe uh, we'll come back to these in the future and talk about them a little more in another light or, or maybe just a little section, one of our full episodes. Um, you can find me on Twitch, YouTube, and what else do I have? I think that's all I have, actually. <laughs> you can find me on those. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm on Twitter, of course. Uh, all slash M-O-E-L-L-E. Wait, what am I saying? Yeah, M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. So you can find me there. You can find my co-host, who is not around for this episode, of course, on Baltic Gaming, both on Twitch and the Twitter, and also eventually on youtube but for now it's just random letters and numbers for that link um you can find lex uh, sprinting lex on the twitter for sure uh sprinting lex on twitch and just lex on youtube uh, i believe uh, i usually say that wrong so i'm gonna get yell that again like always um you can just go to the website gbrunners.com slash T-I-G-B. Um, there you can just find clickable links to everything you might need, which is a lot easier than typing in all of these uh, URLs in your browser because I know you are lazy because I am lazy, so a button is always better. You can also find a link to our Patreon there um, if you want to support the show. That is the best way to do it. But anyways, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode and you will hear me and Baltic again in two weeks for an episode on Toxic Crusaders. Bye-bye.
Hope this is a good one, Lex. Have fun. Adding in, adding in, adding in, adding in, have fun.